Oh, everyone, let's get on our feet one more time and give God a big shout of praise. Come on, everybody stand up and let's give him some praise in this place. Love it. You guys are way too excited for us to be in church this morning. Oh, my goodness, get free today. Get free today, man. we got a Lord and Savior who died to set us free. Man, you should be full of passion and excitement. You guys can be seated if you can. Um, if you're a guest here today, my name is Pastor Josh, and I look forward to getting to meet you today with... Um, all the stuff going on, um, I know we've all got different journeys, different things that we're facing right now. And hey, if you're going through some stuff, I want to let you know, listen, your staff is here for you. So uh, if you want prayer after service or anything, hey, feel free to come on up and, and hit us up and we'll pray you through whatever's going on. Uh, like Rachel said, though, we had an awesome men's event here last night. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. It was great. I know you ladies are like, well, I wish I could have been. It was great. We had over 30 men here last night. Um, just having fun, doing dude stuff, and it was great. And uh, we have a new Texas Hold'em champion. I'm not going to say there's a chain. Everybody look in awe at the chain as it's being held up. So whoever wins gets to take it home, but they got to bring it back and put the title on the line. We had some great games going on last night. Uh, Y'all play Texas Hold'em in church? Heck yeah, we do. Not for money, just for fun. Let's say, look, if you got a problem with people paying cards in church. Listen, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to Pastor Jeremy at eastgatechurch.cc and we'll make sure that your voice is heard and we hear your concern on the matter. A lot of great stuff going on though. The uh, fall festival at the end of October. Guys, I'm looking forward to that. I'm so excited about that. Listen, this is an event we're doing for our community for free. We're going to have bounce houses. We're going to have free food, cotton candy, popcorn, all kinds of great stuff. We're going to give away that night. Free, free, free axe throwing. How awesome is that? You like throwing axes at stuff? Great. Hey, we'll even put a picture of your boss on the target if you want us. I'm kidding. Not kidding. <laughs> Maybe we will for $5 extra. I don't know. Nah, um, it's going to be a great time, though, man. And uh, listen, bring candy. Everybody say bring candy. bring candy. We need you to bring candy because there's going to be a lot of kids on campus. We're going to be advertising this um, on social media, advertising this on the radio with our new scholarship that we have with the radio. Oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Um, we've got five new radio spots we recorded that are fixing to hit the air this upcoming week, so it's great. So if y'all have not tuned in to My City 104.5, Check that out this week and listen to the radio spots from your church, ministering to people through uh, the radio. It's going to be awesome, man, uh, to see what God does with that. So, listen, another thing, too, we need volunteers for this event in October. Okay, so listen, if you want an easy way to be a part of a huge outreach that's going to impact lives and help us reach our community, all you got to do is get with Pastor Rachel and say, hey, let me sign up to volunteer. We'll figure out a place to put you. You're not going to be serving all night. You'll just have a shift that you'll serve. And then the rest of the night you can have fun and, and hang out with everybody else. But it's an easy way for you to be a part of reaching this community. So make sure that you sign up to be a volunteer for that outreach at the end of October. Sound awesome? Yeah. Man. Let's get ready to dive in to this message today. If you're excited for the word this morning, let me hear you go. Whoop, whoop. All right. Go to the Galatians chapter 5. Going to continue this series that we're in. If you missed last week, let me encourage you. Hop on that podcast and, uh, and listen or hop on our Facebook page and scroll down and find 
the video that's still there from the service last week. You know what? Over a 24-hour period last week, we had 79 listens on our podcast last week in 24 hours. That's amazing. You know what that tells me? We're reaching people. We're reaching people for Jesus. Uh, Galatians 5, starting at verse 22, says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Everybody say fruit. Fruit. Now, who produces the fruit in our lives? The Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of y'all would love to have more of that operating in your life? Man, especially with the holidays rolling up, self-control will be key. It'll be key, man. Thanksgiving's around the corner. I'm a Thanksgiving rights activist, by the way. There is, a, there is something to celebrate between Halloween and Christmas. It's called Thanksgiving, and we're not going to skip that. We're not going to skip that. I know, I know some people in this church are just all geared up for Christmas, and I love Christmas too, but I love Thanksgiving. Why? Because turkeys got to die. That's why. There's too many turkeys in this world, and we've got to keep population under control. That's why God made things. I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Anyway, so fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit producing this stuff in our lives is where it's going to come from. Okay, it's not something that we can create or make happen on our own. It's Him working in us, changing us from the inside out. Fruit, we talked about this last week, is the result of the Holy Spirit's ongoing work to mature us. I got news for you. You're not perfect. Some of y'all got a real shocked look on your face. I, me too, I fall into that category. We're not perfect. We're all works in progress. We're all taking steps toward who God created us to be in his image and in his likeness. Um, and that, that's called a process of maturity. And that's one of the main jobs of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's, he is not there just to make us talk in tongues and look crazy. Okay? That is a gift of the Spirit, but He's also there to produce His fruit of change in our lives as we grow and mature and get closer to Jesus. So if you want to grow and mature, get closer to Him and let Him produce that fruit in your life. The fruit we're going to talk about today, though, is the fruit of joy. The fruit of joy. How many of y'all would say that you are joyful as a person? Hands going up, hands going down. I get it. I get it. Um, I get it. Are we joyful? Does the joy of the Lord operate in our lives? This is a big question because if the Holy Spirit's producing his fruit in our lives, then the fruit of joy should be produced in our lives. Amen? This is an outgrowth of what he's doing in us. Let's just do, do a little exercise, all right? Um, Everybody, smile. Just smile. Some of y'all forgot how to smile. Okay, we're going to go old school. Y'all remember when you were in grade school and it was picture day? And you got all dressed up and all this. And went in there and it was time for your picture. And they would always say something kind of janky like, say cheese. And you say cheese and they take the picture. We're going to do that, all right? We're going to say cheese for you guys that don't know how to smile. So on the count of three, everybody say cheese and smile, okay? One, two, three. Say cheese. Oh, yeah, you get it. Look at the person next to you and go, cheese. 
I know when you woke up this morning, you didn't think you would be doing that at all. But listen, I'm looking at you guys now and you're laughing. I'm looking at you guys now and you're having fun. And some of you guys that walked in looking like the walking dead, there's a little bit of life in your eyes right now. Just because you took a posture of joy, just because you made a decision to smile, just by taking a posture of joy, it changes something in us and almost immediately lifts our mood a little bit, just by doing that. Now, can you imagine the kind of joy that we can have in our lives from the Holy Spirit producing true joy from the inside out? You know, when I, when I talk to people, especially here lately, especially on the back end of all this craziness with COVID, I hear this common thing coming from people. People are always talking about how tired they are. I'm just tired. I'm worn out. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I just, I'm, I, I, I'm just tired of dealing with this stuff. And, and I get it. I get it because life is full of problems, right? Look, if you can't say yes to that, you haven't lived long enough. I'm just telling you, you get enough life under your belt, you're going to figure out. Life is full of problems. There's a lot of stuff that we've got to deal with. Problems at work, problems at home, problems in Atlanta traffic, good God almighty. Problems in marriage, problems with your kids, you know. Problems with vehicles breaking down and having to get them repaired. Problems with health, problems with political unrest in this country. Problems with all the craziness happening in the world. Just problems, 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 problems with the Atlanta Falcons not being able to win a God-blessed football game. What in the world is going on with that? Oh my gosh, there are Falcons fans all over the, 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 the country right now just saying, Dear Lord, baby Jesus, please bless Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons and help them win a football game today. Give the offensive line strength and wisdom to be able to protect Matt Ryan as he tries to deliver the football with anointing and might to those wide receivers today. And Lord, please help the wide receivers have extra sticky hands and strong grips to catch that ball as it comes their way. And Lord, give our defensive line some kind of extra boost so that they can get into the face of the opposing quarterback and yea, verily, lay him on the ground. Please, Lord, do this. And Father, we know, we know, dear Lord, baby Jesus, that there are other people who will call on your name asking that you do the same thing for the opposing team that the Falcons are going to play today. Lord, ignore their heathen prayers and bring about a victory for the Falcons today. In your name, amen, amen, and amen. They're praying that right now. Praying that right now. Can I get a better amen from the Falcons fans this morning? Yeah, I was going to say, they need all the help. They can get problems everywhere. And when you deal with enough problems over enough time, it does weigh on you and it does kind of pull out of you. It's just a reality, man. But there's a difference between being exhausted because of a long week of work and being exhausted because of having to deal with some, some drama and emotional issues and actually being weary in your soul. You know what I mean when I say weary in your soul? Like tired in your bones. It's deeper than just being physically. It's something, it's it just a weariness that's about you. And I see a lot of people fight and deal with that. Look, I dealt with it before in my life. The Bible says, though, that the joy 
of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So if our strength comes from the joy that he gives, why do so many people walk around lifeless and weak and strengthless from the inside? I'm not talking physical weakness. I'm talking spiritual weakness and drained spiritually when the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. You know, in John 15, verse 11, it says that, this is Jesus speaking to a group of people there. He says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Everyone say, my joy. My joy. And he says, yes, your joy will overflow. He says, you will be filled with my joy. Whose joy is it that fills us? It's Jesus. It's the joy that Jesus gives through the Holy Spirit that is producing the fruit of joy in our lives. Okay? It comes from him. Then he says, this joy that I'm giving you is going to overflow out of you. Now, this is a mental exercise, so kind of picture in your mind. I know if you were a kid, you probably did this when you were a kid. You, you ever play with soap and water in the sink when you were a kid? I, just do, I still do this sometimes as an adult. I'm guilty, I confess. So if you take a glass of, and put it in a sink and turn the water on, put the faucet over it, what's going to happen to that glass? It's going to fill up with water, Right? And if it stays in position to receive all the water from the faucet, eventually what's going to happen is that glass is going to begin to overflow with the water. It's coming from the faucet. Okay. You put soap in that glass, oh, it's going to make a ton of bubbles. But what's going to happen eventually is all the soap is going to be washed out of the glass because of the overflow of water that's coming out of it. What Jesus is saying is this. If you line up with me and you stay with me, I will pour my joy out on you and in you. And if you stay lined up with me, that joy is going to begin to overflow. Now, what happens is this. When we face all the junk in life, when we face all the problems in life, it's like that soap being poured into that glass because you've got to deal with it, and it does affect us. There's no denying that. But if we stay in position to continue to receive the joy that Jesus pours into us, what happens is all the problems, all the cares, all the tribulation, all the hard stuff that we face in life, it doesn't stay with us. It doesn't stay inside of us. It overflows out so that we stay full of joy and not full of the junk and the problems that the world is trying to put inside of us. Okay, so Jesus says, be full, be full of my joy. I want you to be filled with my joy so that your joy will overflow. Webster's Dictionary gives a definition of joy, and it calls joy a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. So joy is a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I got a big problem with this definition because it's saying that the joy that I have is conditional on only the things that make me happy and bring me pleasure. So the opposite has to be true then. So the things that don't make me happy and the things that cause me discomfort can take away my joy. I don't like that. 
I don't like that. I think too many times we put our trust in things that can't give us joy. And we, we equate happiness with joy, and it's not the same thing. Happiness is temporary. My kids can make me happy one moment and do something different to me in the next couple of minutes. You know, on a dime sometimes, man. I can leave the house happy and have about 18 bad things happen to me. And listen, just because stuff happens to you doesn't mean that you magically float over it. You've got to deal with that stuff and process it and, and work through it. You can be sad. You can be upset. And you can even be hurt and still operate in joy. Because joy is not contingent on any of those things. It's crazy when you think about that. Um, I, don't, I don't like that definition of joy. I mean, think about Job. Job was a guy in the Old Testament who lost everything. I mean, when I say everything, he lost everything in a day. Lost his, lost his um, wealth, lost his home, lost his family lost all of his possessions in a day, lost it all, was affected by it, but still had to wherewithal to say, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Something different about that. You think of Paul and Silas, they had just been beaten, thrown into prison in the inner cell of the prison, which you don't want to be, chained, sore, okay, they're not having a good time, and still, and still, at midnight, they're praying, and they're praising God, and impacting the environment around them. You know, that, that to me says that joy isn't contingent upon happiness. How can you go through that stuff and still do that still praise God still say you know what I just lost everything and this is a horrible situation right now and praise God anyway that's a different kind of focus that's a joy inside of you that's not shaken or affected by what's going on around you Jesus even had this perspective in life too if you look at Hebrews chapter 12 this is a powerful powerful passage of scripture says fixing our eyes on Jesus the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Scorning its shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He endured the cross. I don't know how many of you guys have been uh, shredded by a cat of nine tails recently. Uh, beaten beyond recognition as a human recently. And had spikes driven through your wrists and your feet and hung up on a cross so that you slowly bleed out and suffocate to death. But that's not a fun thing to do. That qualifies as a bad day. Jesus was not hanging on that cross going, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my... He was not doing that. He was hurting and excruciating pain. And the Bible says that even in the middle of all of that, he found joy. Now think about that. 
how do you how do you you keep joy in in a in a situation like that? It just doesn't make sense naturally, and naturally it can't happen. Jesus knew where to fix his focus. He knew where to fix his focus, and that is a huge key in maintaining joy in horrible situations. I think too many times we suffer from spiritual whiplash. You know, and the Bible says that, that for the joy that was set before him, you know, Jesus endured the cross. He, his, he was fixed on the finish line beyond what he was temporarily going through, looking to the other side. And he knew that the ending couldn't be affected by what was happening temporarily. He had his focus fixed in, in the right direction. I think so many times we get whiplash because we're looking from one thing to the next, trying to focus on something different to get us happiness in the moment instead of learning how to fix our eyes on Jesus, the only source of joy true joy in our lives, you know. So we'll whip around and we'll look this way and we'll focus on the job because we know the job's going to provide the money and give us the stuff that we want and we're going to be successful. We're going to have extra income and we're going to get to get all the toys that we want to play with and the job is going to be awesome. It's going to be a great career until the honeymoon phase is over and the job becomes a job. Until you get the boss you don't click with. Until you work with the person that's bringing too much drama into the office. Okay. And now the happiness is gone. And now the job isn't going to do it anymore. And the job becomes something that you just have to go, here we go again. You ever done that on a Monday? Here we go again. All right. So the job's not going to do it. I work too hard. That's not going to give me the happiness, the joy that I need in my life. I'm working too hard, so what I need to do, I'm going to fix my focus over here. I need to play more. I need some me time. I need some vacation time. I need to have some fun. And so I put my focus on having fun. I set some time away. I have a blast. I come back. I think, well, that's great. That made me happy. I'm going to keep focusing on that. But the problem is eventually it becomes all about me. And over time, all the fun loses it, it loses the appeal that it once had, and it doesn't produce joy because it can only give temporary happiness. And we figure, you know what, that's not working. I'm doing too much stuff by myself. I need to focus on some friendships. I got to have some friendships, man, because having fun by myself gets old. I'm bored. I need some friends to hang out with. And so we put our focus on friends. And that works until the drama comes into the relationships. I don't need these friends. They can't do that for me anymore. I got to find something else. You know what? Relationships are, that's one thing. I need the relationship for me. That's what I need. So I'm going to put my focus on pursuing the one. Y'all know what I mean when I say the one. Y'all remember those days. Some of y'all are living in those days. I need the one. I want that one. I need that one. Give me one. Lord, give me one. And here comes the one. Hopefully, usually we sell out and just desperately grab onto anything that we can grab in moments like that because you never go shopping when you're hungry. 
I'll tell you that right now. You'll get a whole lot of stuff in your shopping cart. You never, y'all ever, y'all ever done that? You go into the grocery store, I'm going to get a couple of things, but you're hungry, and you walk out with $100 worth of stuff you didn't even think about when you, yeah. That's what happens when you start dating and pursuing relationships when you're hungry. So don't go shopping when you're hungry. And then, and then, that relationship, even that marriage, as good as it can be, is still going to have the bumps, still going to have the rough times, still going to have the moments that do not produce happiness. Anybody that tells you they're happy 24-7 in their marriage hasn't been married long enough. Okay? Now, I'm not saying you can't have a great marriage. I'm telling you, you, can't have a, you can have a great marriage. You can have a godly marriage. But at the end of the day, you've got two imperfect people living in a house together. Eventually, there's going to be some friction that needs to be resolved. What I'm saying, okay? So that's not going to do it. So we back off in a little bit of frustration because all of these things we've looked to, to pull our happiness from, to get some kind of joy from, is not producing anything. And here's where the enemy comes in. Guys, this is some of the truest stuff you're ever going to hear come out of a preacher's mouth. And you guys know it's true. In that season, when you're discontent and all of the stuff, and it's not producing anything, even in your walk with God, that's where the devil comes in and whispers to you and gets you to take your focus and begin to look back. Okay, It's crazy. But when God brought the people of Israel out of Egypt, okay, they went from Egypt across the Red Sea to the banks of the Jordan River. They could see the promised land, okay? And even seeing that, the Israelites got discontent and began to long to go back to Egypt. And they said, hey, at least in Egypt we knew we were going to get fed. At least in Egypt we knew we had security. At least in Egypt it was rough, but we had a place to sleep. At least in Egypt... Yeah, we got abused. Yeah, we were slaves. But at least there we... And man, it is crazy how discontentment can make you hunger for the stuff that God brought you out of. And if you're not careful, you'll find yourself walking back to the Egypt that God delivered you from. And you'll start to remember the times that you got blackout drunk. And you know what, man? I tell you what. I remember what it was like not to have a care in the world just for a little bit. The devil never reminds you of how you felt the next morning. Never, never, never reminds you of the impact it had on the other relationships. He never reminds you of all that stuff. And, and the sin then becomes an escape from the reality of the life that's not giving us the joy that can only come from Jesus. And that's the trap that people fall into because they're looking for a feeling. They're looking for something to give them that happiness that they're equating with joy. And that just doesn't work because joy is not a feeling. It's a state of being that comes from relationship with Jesus. I'm going to say that one more time. Joy is not a feeling. It's a state of being that comes from a relationship with Jesus. Jesus said in John 15, he says, I'm the vine, you are the branches... If you remain in me, everybody say remain. remain. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Outside of Jesus, I got news for you. You're not strong enough. 
You're not smart enough. You don't have what it takes apart from him. But with him, all things are possible. Okay? He says that the whole game begins and ends with me. With a relationship. If you want to bear fruit in your life, Jesus says, be connected with me. And it's funny, the more time you spend with him and abide with him and spend in his presence, the more you begin to look like him as the Holy Spirit produces his fruit in you to change you from the inside out. And you really do begin to mirror the attributes of God because it is coming from you now. It's not an act of discipline. It's something that's happening in you. So when what you do reflects the Jesus you know and not how you feel, that's the fruit of joy and operation in your life. You don't live by what you feel. You live by what you know. Your feelings are going to go all over the place. Depending on what's happening in life, you're going to be happy. You're going to be sad. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be ecstatic. You're going to be excited. You're going to deal with times of great mourning in life. Those are feelings. Feelings change. Joy does not. And James chapter 1 gives a different perspective on joy. You know, he's, this is one of my favorite and least favorite passages of Scripture ever. In, chap, in chapter 1 verse 2 he says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? I mean, how many of you, when the car breaks down and leaves you stranded on 285, jump out of the car and start screaming, Thank you, God, for this opportunity of joy in my life! Woo! I love this. Can't wait to sit here and wait for help. Can't wait to... You, <laughs> doesn't make sense at all. It's like, James, what were you smoking when you wrote this? You know, it's great advice, but this really doesn't make sense. And then he gives the process that validates the statement that he made. In verse 3, he says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Whew. So he says, when you face stuff in life that's hard, and you're facing troubles of all kinds, get ready and expect something awesome. Take a position and posture of joy. He Consider it an opportunity for great joy in your life. Because God is going to work in and through the situation. That doesn't mean that he sent it into your life. Okay, let me say that one more time. Just because bad stuff happens to you, it does not mean that God is punishing you. Okay, we live in a jacked up world and sometimes bad things happen to good people because we live in a fallen world. Okay, and sometimes it affects the children of God. It's unavoidable. Jesus said in this life you are going to have trouble. Okay, so we know that it's coming. But in spite of the trouble, you see it as the great opportunity of joy. My Bible tells me that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. In all things. Now I'm seeing a different picture now. Maybe this is how Job was able to be a little excited and give God praise even in the middle of losing everything and how Paul and Silas trapped 
in a dungeon, chained down, beaten and sore, with no reason to do so, found a praise in their heart and began to lift it up to God because they weren't distracted by what they saw. Maybe they realized what was going on was only temporary and it was going to make them stronger on the other side and they knew that while it didn't make sense now, we know that God is working in every situation for our good. So on the other side of it, it's going to be better than when we went in. That's how Jesus was hanging on the cross and he's looking beyond the suffering to the joy set before him and said, this is a guaranteed outcome. So what's happening here isn't going to affect it. It can only affect me if I get distracted by it. But if I stay lined up and focused on Jesus, that joy is going to pour into me from my time with him. And no matter what the world throws at me, that overflow is just going to wash it right out. I choose to look beyond what's happening and stand firmly on the fact that God has got it. And it's in his hands. Some of y'all need to hear that today. In fact, say this after I say, God's got it. God's got it. It's in his hands. See, there's an old school saying, used to be in church, you hear the old timers say it. This joy came from God. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. This joy came from God. Some of y'all need to say that. Everybody say, repeat this after me. This joy came from God. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Man, there's some freedom in that. There's some freedom in that because he's got it. He's got the situation. It's under control. Nothing happens to you that surprises God. It's not like he's up there going, oh, man, I'm going to have some Cheerios today. Oh, oh, my gosh, I can't believe what happened to Emily. Ah! Nothing catches him by surprise. He knows what's going to happen, and he's working for your good, using the stuff that the enemy tries to trip you up to make you stronger, to make you more stable, to make you a better tool in his hand, to make you an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. He's always moving, always working. So where does joy come from? First of all, I know where I'm going to be for all eternity. I'm going to be ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ forever. Forever. Listen, when the sickness is gone, when the bills are gone, when the car is gone and everything else is gone, when all time has ended and I'm a million years into eternity, I am ruling and reigning with Jesus Christ. All of this stuff is temporary. It will not affect what I have on the other side. Oh, that's joy. That's joy. Are you joyful today? Not joyful. Are you joyful? full today there's incredible confidence and security that comes from that in Psalm 16 it, it reads like this it says you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore in his presence in his presence not not in the money, not in the things we look at to get temporary happiness, not in whether or not the football team is winning or losing, things are going your way or not, whether you're in a season of prosperity or you're in three seasons of, dear God, please get me out of this. In his presence, 
there's joy. Because joy is not a feeling. It's not a feeling. This is, this is something that's going to set somebody free because you feel like something's wrong with you. And you feel like this stuff doesn't work the way that it's supposed to work. I want this to set you free this morning. Listen, you do not choose to have joy. You abide in it. You do not choose to have joy. You abide in it. I don't, I don't believe that, Pastor Josh. I can, choose, I can choose. No, you can choose to have a good attitude. You can choose to stay positive. You can choose to keep your focus in the right place. But you can't choose to have joy. It's something that's produced in you by the work of the Holy Spirit out of your relationship with Jesus. I remember getting so aggravated and so frustrated in my walk with God because I saw all these people that looked so happy and I was praying to the same Jesus they were and I was reading the same Bible they were but I didn't I didn't look like they looked what's going on inside of me see I hadn't learned yet the difference between happiness and joy I hadn't learned yet the difference between emotional connection to something and spiritual consistency from a fruit of the spirit being produced in my life completely different you know I learned something too not everybody that looks unhappy is unhappy a lot of us walk around I'm bad about this I'll walk around with RBF all the time man what's RBF resting Bible face resting blessed face you know just how you doing today I'm doing great doing awesome I have to watch myself because you don't smile all the time really but people that smile all the time doesn't mean that they're happy I see people that put on a great show all the time and their life is falling apart and they feel dead on the inside. Just because you look happy doesn't mean that you are. Just because you look sad doesn't mean that you are. Joy is something from the inside. Guys, I want to set you free today. All right? Some of you are exhausted and you're worn out and you're tired because the joy of the Lord is not your strength. You're trying to do it on your own instead of abiding in him and letting him do his work on you the only choice you have in this process is to choose where you put your focus and I want to challenge you today to put your focus on Jesus listen hey there's a reason why the Holy Spirit produces this in your life is you're not strong enough to carry all of this stuff on your own if you could do it on your own Jesus wouldn't have had to have died if you can make yourself just content and happy all of the time the Holy Spirit would not have to produce this fruit in your life so abide in the presence. Abide in Him and let Him produce that joy that's unshakable. It's unshakable because God's got it. He's got it. He's in control of everything. Let me give you some quick thoughts on joy. If you guys are taking notes, these are great things to write down and come back to over time. One, joy is not a feeling. It's a state of being. Joy is not a feeling, it's a state of being. Joy is not affected by circumstance, but dependent on relationship. 
Okay. Now, circumstance can affect how I'm feeling. Circumstance can affect my mood. But it doesn't affect my joy. The only thing that affects my joy is if I step out of relationship with Jesus. Then I'm in trouble. Now I'm grasping at straws because I'm not consistent in my walk with him. So it's not affected by circumstance. It's dependent upon relationship. Joy is not created by us. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. It's produced by the Holy Spirit. And, man, this is the big takeaway for today. If you don't remember anything else, I want you to remember this because this is why the Holy Spirit produces joy in our lives because joy provides freedom from life events and produces peace, contentment, hope, and trust in Jesus. Joy gives you freedom from the events that happen in life. You're operating by a different set of rules. Now you can be a Job. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now you can praise God locked up in the inner cell at midnight because what's happening around me doesn't affect me. I'm free from all of that. I'm operating by a different set of rules. And I know that God's working in and through this to grow me and to give me a victory on the other side of it. So it's nothing but time. And I'm going to abide in him and wait that time and then watch him move mountains. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to rule and reign with him. And two billion years from now, in eternity, all of the stuff that weighs us down today won't even matter. Won't even matter. I mean, just think about your life right now. All the stuff that had you upset when you were a teenager. This is world-ending things that happen when you were a teenager. Or even a preteen. How many of that stuff, are you even concerned about that stuff now? No, and you're only what? Ten years removed from that? Twenty years, thirty years, something years removed from that? Can you imagine with an eternal perspective? trivial this stuff is well pastor josh that's easy for you to yeah it's easy for me to say and the reason why you're thinking that right now is because you still have not shifted your focus to the right place i'm not talking about being naive and just going through life whistling dixie and just i'm not responsible for anything somebody's responsible for stuff you still have to respond to what's happening in life you still have to engage. You have to process. You're still going to have those feelings and emotions. I'm not downplaying that. What I'm telling you is this. That the joy that comes from the Holy Spirit producing that fruit in your life, and the security and the eternal perspective that comes from a relationship with Jesus, knowing how this is all going to end, that's the joy set before you. And I'm telling you, if you let God if you abide in him and you let him begin to produce that in your life, you can endure anything. And you'll find consistency in your walk with God that you've never had before. Because when the storms have beat you down before, it's because you didn't have a solid foundation and you're caught in a cycle of rebuilding in your life over and over and over again. I'm talking about having a sure and firm foundation full of joy able to rise above what happens to you in life and see it with a different set of eyes. See it from a different perspective. 
to see what God is doing in the moment and what he's planning to do in the future. And rising above it. And doing more than enduring, really. You're thriving. You're thriving. And you're living a life of freedom that very few people get to. Are you joyful today? Hey, the good news is, if you're not, you can be. Bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you for your Spirit's presence. Lord, I thank you for this reminder in your word that you're the source of joy. God, if we will make joy a focus in our lives, then we're not dependent upon riding waves of happiness and living a roller coaster type existence where we're up and down and up and down and up and down and we can process feelings and emotions and put them where they need to be and learn to abide in that joy and in your presence. If you're here this morning, and and I don't I don't when you when you give altar calls like this and you, and you challenge people to take a step like this, so many times people receive it in a negative way, or the the devil will try to twist this and people will hear it in a negative way. And I don't want you to think that this is something negative. I want you to see this as a positive. If you're not joyful, if you're not full of that joy, if you found yourself kind of reacting and responding instead of overcoming and rising above what's happening in your life with the consistency that can only come from the joy that's produced by the Holy Spirit, I want you to walk out of here today having made the decision to do that. I want you to walk out of here having fixed your focus in the right place. You guys watching online, the same thing. I want you, I want you to, to turn this video off today, having decided to fix your focus on Jesus, not on the waves crashing around you, but to fix your eyes on Him, the author and perfecter of your faith, the one who holds you in the palm of His hand, the one who's saying to you right now, I've got you. I've got this. Just abide in me. Stop, stop trying to wear yourself out doing this on your own. Because at the end of the day, the only result, the best result you can get, it lies in your strength. Put it in his hands. Focus on him, not the situation, on him. And let him pour that joy in you to overflowing. Align yourself up so that the cares and the troubles of the world can be dealt with and processed and then pushed out by that joy that resides inside of you. Here today, say, you know what, Pastor Josh? That's where I am right now, and I need to fix my focus back on him. When I count to three, if that's you, I want you to lift your eyes and look at me. I want to pray with you this morning, just really quick. Every head bowed, every eye closed. On the count of three, if that's you, lift your eyes up and look at me. Here we go. One, two, three. Lift them up and look at me. See yours, yours, I see yours, yours. See yours, I see yours. Once you lift them up, you can put them back down. I see yours. Praise God, there's a lot of us. 
How about that? God knows what to say to us in just the right season. Let's all stand to our feet if we can this morning. Are you joyful? Are you joyful? Are you joyful? I'm telling you, it's a sweet place to be. It's a sweet place to be. Keep our focus on Him. Stay aligned under that faucet. I know it's a goofy illustration, but it works. And let Him fill you to overflowing. Hey, how about we spend just a little bit of time in the presence of God before we get out of here today? Can we do that? In His presence, there is fullness of what? Joy. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. So let's practice what we preach for a moment. And let's fill up with His presence before we go out of here. And let's walk out of here full of His joy. And be joyful today. Amen? Worship team, are you guys ready? Let's just spend a little bit of time in the presence of God.